All right, Alexander, let's talk about uh, Erdogan and Azov's style and handing over the five commanders that were in, uh, in Turkey under a type of house arrest back to Zelensky and Zelensky having this big uh, heroes uh, welcome event in Lvov and everyone asking the big question, the million dollar question. Why did Erdogan do this? Now, I've got a lot of theories. I'm sure those theories align with what you're about to explain as to the possibilities of why. But we do have a little bit more info from when this event happened. For example, Erdogan did call Biden and Erdogan started to talk about uh, starting up EU accession talks again, which is interesting. And Sullivan came out with a statement and he said, we in no way had anything to do with this. We didn't pressure him at all. And finally, we have reports saying that the Biden White House is putting pressure on Erdogan, but nothing to do with Ukraine. It has to do with Sweden and uh, perhaps mm. Erdogan uh, coming around to allowing Sweden to get into NATO before the uh, the big summit in Vilnius. Anyway, um, a, a few more news mm. items since the, the day when he mm. released those commanders back to mm. Zelensky. What, what do you think is the why in this decision from Erdogan? Well, I think the, I think the why, and I think the first, the, the, the explanation as to why it's happened, the, 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 the first explanation is because this is Erdogan. I mean, this is not the first time that Erdogan has double-crossed the Russians. I mean, he does this repeatedly. And I mean, I think we need to be clear about this, that this was a breach of an agreement, because when the Azov-style steelworks was fell when all those troops in the Azov Star Steelworks finally surrendered. And there was this very complicated negotiation, brokered, I believe, to some extent by MBS. I'm not absolutely sure about that, but anyway, that was some of the story. But when when there was this exchange of prisoners, the release of the Azov Azov regiment commanders was deeply controversial in Russia. Because these people were suspected of war crimes, their ideology was unacceptable, they were seen as really, really very dangerous, very bad people in Russia. So the point, the agreement that was reached was that they would be allowed to go to Turkey, but would stay there until the end of the war. They would not go back to Ukraine, and they would certainly not participate further in the fighting in Ukraine. And Erdogan was, of course, part of that. And he's now gone completely back on it. He's uh, completely broken that agreement. He didn't tell the Russians that he was going to do it. He received Zelensky with, you know, open arms. He um, entered into another defense agreement with Zelensky. There's going to be a factory set up in Ukraine to produce Pyraktar drones, these drones which have failed catastrophically, and of course that factory will be destroyed by the Russians long before it gets into operation. He wants the grain deal extended for a further three months. The Russians have said pretty much that they're not interested in extending the grain deal. He wants, he's, he's gone out of his way to kick the Russians in the shins, and it's not the first time he's done this. Now, I think there's multiple reasons why he's done this. There's undoubted anger on Erdogan's part that 
things have not yet been resolved over the Syrian crisis. He's not yet had his meeting with Assad that he was hoping for and holding out for. He's seen the Syrian army go on the offensive in um, Syria, and they've been pushing back and destroying and defeating Turkish-backed groups in Syria, and the Russian Air Force has been providing air support for the Syrian army to do that. And he didn't like that either. He didn't like the fact that the Russians have signaled very clearly that they're pulling out of the um, grain deal. That was a, that's been uh, something that he's, you know, taken a lot of, taken invested a lot of himself in his prestige. He probably feels is tied to the survival of the grain deal. The Russians, by the way, repeatedly say that the grain deal has not been honoured either by Ukraine or by the European Union or implicitly by Turkey too, because the Turks are supposed to check all these Ukrainian grain ships to make sure that weapons and explosives and those sort of things aren't being transported in them. And it seems that some, at least, at least the Russians claim that some at least were being transferred and in this kind of way. And there's a third story also circulating, comes from John Helmer, usually insightful, well-informed man. He also says that the Turks were worried about these Ukrainian attacks on these Russian sh surveillance ships near the Turk Stream and Blue Stream pipelines, and that um, Erdogan got Zelensky's agreement that those attacks will end and giving these Azov people was part of the deal. So we've got all of that, all of those things going on and behind. But ultimately, I think it is all about Vilnius. I think he is under enormous American pressure. He's over American pressure over Sweden. He's agreed, by the way, to meet the Swedish uh, uh, prime minister to discuss this. He's under huge American pressure over, over that. He's trying to stabilise Turkey's economy, which has been in a tailspin. And I think that's the ultimate reason for all of this. At the same time, he has this very complicated relationship with the Russians, which works well for him from one point of view, but which at times he chafes against because he's conscious that the Russians are far the stronger party and that he's in some sense of dependence on them. And the fact that the Russians are clearly now winning the war I think probably makes him worried that they're going to get even stronger and that his position is going to become even weaker in relation to them. So when he when he finds himself in these kind of situations, he pushes back and he does these things. This is the thing with Erdogan. He does these things. He annoys the Russians. It's unnecessary provocations towards the Russians. But he does these things because that's the kind of personality he is. And the Russians grit their teeth. They are furious about it. Lavrov has called him and spoken, not called him, he's called the Turkish foreign minister. Apparently he scolded him a bit. But still, nonetheless, the Russians, for the moment, want to keep the relationship going because it works to their advantage. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on on every point that you made, to, to be quite honest. And I do think at the end of the day, it's Erdogan kind of 
weighing all his options, putting it all on the table and saying, you know what? Um, I damaged my relationship with Russia a little bit. I embarrass or, or diminish Russia and Putin a bit with this move, but they've got a whole ton of, of, of support. They're winning the conflict. You know, Putin's polling numbers are off the charts. And I can always find my way back in, in favor with, yeah. with Putin. I, I can talk with him and I can reason with him. I've done it in the past. I can do it again. I mean, yeah. I, I shot a Russian j- fighter jet down, he says to himself, and we managed to get through this. So I'll, I'll get through this, he says. But in the yeah. meantime, I give the Biden White House and NATO and Zelensky something huge, which is a media optics win, which is, which is what they value the most. They, they, they probably value the media narrative more than actually winning the conflict on the ground. I mean, that's how important the media narrative is. And there's no doubt that the Biden White House and the collective West wanted those commanders released right before the Vilnius summit uh, to, to commemorate, I think, the 500 days of the conflict. I mean, the timing, they wanted this yeah. to happen because everything fit yeah. in place you know, time-wise. Um, Simplicius the Thinker, he also had a Substack post where he pretty much came to to the same conclusion as well, that the timing was, was just so perfect that this had to have been um, a high priority for the Biden White House to get these commanders to, to stage this hero's welcome in Lviv, to, to put it all on social media and and all of these things. So I think, I think Erdogan saw everything you know, all his options, he put it on the table and he saw everything from, from a distance and said, you know, I'll let, let, let me make this move and I'll find my way back with Putin. But let me just give these guys a really big media win and that'll buy me some time and space. That's exactly right. That's exactly why. That's exactly what he did. And he's right, by the way. I mean, his, his calculation is, is, going to, is going to prove true. Because if you look at the readout, the Russian readout of the conversation between uh, uh, Lavrov and the new Turkish foreign minister, uh, whose name, by the way, I've forgotten. It's no longer Kavasoglu. I mean, it was uh, at the end of it, Lavrov sought and gained reassurances that the Turks still value their relationship with Russia. And um, Erdogan is again talking about um, hosting Putin in Turkey in August. The Russians have not saying he's actually going to Turkey in August, Putin, but he probably will go at some point. And Erdogan says, you know, um, we've always maintained a balanced foreign policy. And that's that's exa- exactly the game he's playing. He knows that for the moment, the relationship is too useful for the Russians to simply drop it. Tough-minded and pragmatic people that they are, and he also knows, and you're absolutely correct about this, that not only do the Ukrainians and the West always value PR wins, but with the military situation going so badly wrong at the moment, they need a PR win in advance of Vilnius even more. The offensive has failed. It's not achieved any kind of breakthrough. They haven't yet recaptured Bakhmut. They've been trying, but they haven't even captured any of the villages around Bakhmut, despite all the enormous sacrifices that they've been making there. 
the attack on the Zaporozhye nuclear power plant, if there was one planned, which I think there was, by the way, that's been called off. Apparently, the Europeans didn't like the idea, and the IAEA were there too, and the Russians are very heavily embedded. And the latest attempt, the attack on the Kerch Bridge, that didn't work either. So, what else have they got? We get these five guys back from Turkey. That's a big win. We have the Heroes Welcome in Viv, where we're now extended conscription, where people are perhaps getting more unhappy about the war and feeling more, um, you know, morale has been sagging, you know, boost morale in Viv. And you give everybody a sense that, you know, despite everything, Ukraine is still on a roll, it's still winning, it's getting these pledges from Erdogan for support for its NATO membership, which of course isn't going to come in Vilnius, so it's an empty promise, uh, an empty words from Erdogan, he knows it. Um, he, he, they get all of these things from Erdogan, the Americans are happy, the Ukrainians are happy, the Russians are furious, but Erdogan knows correctly that he can he can pull it he can pull it back now i will say this for the for the moment the russians are taking this i mean they they they're taking all these blows there is a he is nonetheless running a risk with them because um if or perhaps rather when the russians win the ukraine war they will be in undisputed control again of the black sea as they were during the soviet era and NATO will be will be a lot weaker. And at that point, it may be that the Russians, who have long memories, will say to Erdogan, well, look, you've played us many false many times. Don't even dare thinking about doing it again. And if you do, that next time, in light of all the games you've played with us in the past, we will we will hit you really hard. But probably he isn't worried about that, perhaps because he thinks it will never come. In the meantime, his calculation that he can get away with it is right. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, what, what, what do you make of uh, his talks with Biden about uh, Turkey's interest to revive talks with the EU? Do you think he's just he's just humoring Biden and the European Union once again, just trying to buy more? more time and space there and just trying to get them off uh, off Turkey's back by, by saying, oh, yeah, yeah, I really we do want to be part of the European Union. Absolutely, because he knows perfectly well that the, the European Union doesn't want Turkey. So, I mean, he can, he, can make, he can say these things, but it doesn't really mean anything because there is so much opposition within the European Union to Turkish accession. That um, you know, he could say, "Well, I want to join the European Union," even if one senses that deep down he probably doesn't want Turkey to join the European Union. But he's able to say that it calms feelings in Washington. It might even calm some people in Turkey themselves itself, where there's still perhaps a few pe a few people who still hanker for Turkey to follow a European destiny. But he knows perfectly well that Maloney will never agree to that and Poland will never agree to that and Hungary won't agree to it, Austria won't agree to it. So it's not going to happen. The one thing that might happen, I think people need to be prepared for, is that um, 
a complete backflip by Erdogan on Sweden's Turkish uh, NATO membership. I, I, I'm not saying he's going to agree yeah, to that, yeah. but I would certainly not. I, I would certainly not discount it if the if if the price is right. The West is prepared to pay the price. He will go for it. He always does. Yeah, I said that in uh, in a video I did like a day day or two ago that. You know, wouldn't it be a huge PR win for Biden, Erdogan and Stoltenberg to get up on stage in Vilnius and say, you know, we've come to an agreement yeah. for Sweden. I mean, you know, that yeah. would be a, a, a huge yeah. PR win for, for the Biden White House. Absolutely. Can I just say, I was expecting it to happen. I think the one thing that's perhaps thrown things into some confusion was the Quran burning incident in Sweden which uh, uh, got a lot of attention in Turkey. But having said that, I mean, you know, that's not probably going to stop her to one, as I said, provided the price is right. Yeah. All right. We'll end it there, thedurant.locals.com. We are on Rumble, Odyssey, BitChute, and Telegram. And go to the Durant shop, 10% off. Use the code. Good day. Take care.